Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I am getting ready to give you the top number one secret to success that nobody's going to ever really tell you and break it down the way it needs to be broken down. And if you go ahead and hone in on what this conversation is going to provide to you, I guarantee that you will be successful. You ready? I'm going to need some drum roll. Let me go ahead and see if I can make a little something on my um, water, water bottle. You hear that? That's my drum roll. I'm super excited. Okay. Drum roll. Beak. Do you know yourself? And I know you like, seriously, I thought you was going to say something powerful. Give me something from a little Murphy's Law or one of the, you know, 10 billionaires or whatever articles you like to read and pull from. And that's what you gave me. Do I know myself? Knowing yourself is the absolute positive way to ensure that you are successful. The wrong person in the wrong place does not equate to success. So let me go ahead and give some backdrop. You know I like to go ahead and go back to what I refer to as our roots, which is the Bible. The very first chapter of Genesis, we see that God is doing what? He's essentially just going ahead and creating atmosphere. He's separating sky. He's making the water. He's making sure that the land is appearing, you know, all the different things, the bigger atmosphere for what he's going to add to and create later on, which will be the equivalent to you moving in or building a home. You're going to go ahead and say, okay, this I want this many bedrooms, so I'm going to go ahead and make sure that there's an you know, you're carving out the space for the toilets and the kitchen. And so if someone was walking through your idea and they didn't see your blueprint, they would just kind of see, mm, I, I, I see the sheetrock and, you know, the beams and all that. So I think one, two, three, I think you're making something that's this many bedrooms. I th- think that's the plumbing for the kitchen area or that may be the bathroom. Not too sure. But then as it emerges to completion, That's when it becomes clear, oh, that's toilet. Oh, okay, that's kitchen. And you're able to identify what those things were the more that you gravitate toward the completion of what you wanted to build, which is essentially what we saw or what we observe in the first portion of Genesis. Then the second portion is God just filling those things up, the atmosphere of The sky, he said, hey, I want to put some birds up there. Several birds, pretty birds, robins, blue jays. Like, you just, you're going to go ahead and just, you know, be a little extra, but that's all God, so he's creative. And so, do do your bird thing, God, okay. Looked at the water and was like, I don't want that to be empty either. (laughs) Let me go ahead and put a series of fish, beautiful, big, large, small, make some schools up, make some Nemo. Like, just, you know, do a little bit of extra everything. Awesome. And then in this bigger atmosphere, You know, I'm going to make some mammals and, you know, little tigers and lions and bears. Oh, my. And then I want to go ahead and make some things that look like it looks like me. Cool. And so when you zoom out, what he essentially did was, and keeping the same analogy of the house, he then started packing the rooms according to what he built. Master bathroom and bedroom is for who? Not your kids. Unless you're on the rich side. But it's for the parents, <laughs> the per- the head of household. 
You understand? The smaller room typically goes for the younger child. The bigger room could be a guest room or it goes to the oldest child, whatever your family dynamic is and what have you. So when the moving men are bringing things in and the boxes are labeled, sir, I may or may not have had a good experience or a bad experience, but I'm not going to talk about nobody's grandbaby. You want them to move those boxes according to how it's labeled, according to the areas that they see was made for that. I do not expect for you to put my washer and dryer inside of a garage or unless it's set up to be that way or inside of uh, the kid's bedroom. That wouldn't make sense because that was created to go in the atmosphere that it was created for. And so I feel like if we took the time to really stop and understand yourself in the most two hugest areas in life, in my opinion, which is relationships and your job, to how you relate to people, how you're relating to people, and what are you doing with the bulk of your time, and which is job, entrepreneurship, however you want to do it. My thing is this, knowing yourself is not, well, I know myself, I know my favorite color, I know what foods I like, I know kind of sort of what I'm attracted to, because attraction is here nor there, you'll, whatever. When I was younger, I loved dogs. Now, all of a sudden, after not having my dog, I just, I'm scared of them. I don't really, I don't know. It's, it's a mid, like, are you scared of them or you just don't like them because you think they're icky? I don't know, but I just know that I don't favor dogs the way that I used to when I was younger. When I was younger, it was like I was the kiss on the mouth to my puppy, kind of. Now I'm just like, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I've emerged out of that. But... If you know yourself well enough outside of what's my favorite holiday, you know, what family members I rock with the best. I know my best friends. I know why they're my best friends. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. You know why God put the fish in the water? Because they have what? Gills? Right. So there's a reason as to why we don't put leashes on our pet fish. Or we don't put hamsters in water bowls. Because you have to understand that if you place anything in the wrong environment, it will eventually die. And that's the equivalent to yourself. If you continue to place yourself in wrong environments, then you will eventually fade away. Maybe not, God forbid and rebuke that, maybe not physically, but the part of you that's supposed to have this enthusiasm and, you know, Colossians 3.23 says, you know, do your work as if you're working for the Lord. You know how many people have an attitude problem and it's just a matter of you are not where you're supposed to be. That is the number one indicator that you are in the wrong profession. If you got a, can I take your order? Oh my God. Maybe you're not a morning person. Maybe you're not a people person. And that does not make you a bad person. Not being, You may be an introvert, so introverted that you're like, I'm probably best in an office, in a cubicle, doing my own thing, having very limited transactions with customer service face-to-face, or at that, other coworkers. I like to do my own thing. I kind of want to put some 
earbuds in my ear real quick, listen to some music, get through my day, take my lunch, come back, finish the rest of my day, and go home. And to me, that is a job well done. So then if that particular person who has that extreme introverted trait then goes out and tries to be a salesperson somewhere, you're going to fail traumatically. It's going to be terrible. Numbers ain't going to look good. You're going to be going to work with a headache. Your body is going to show you an indication of, hey, I don't like it here. And don't try to force yourself to do more of what you're not created to do. Like, Humans, we have the best of both worlds. We can go ahead and go, you know, walk on land, and then we can go ahead for those who can go ahead and swim. But you could not live in water. Like, just going ahead and saying, okay, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and just live here because I like the water, I like the beach kind of thing. And not beach. Like, you can't have somebody drop you off in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and say, I'm good. Just because you have a little bit of a trait doesn't mean that you are to expand on it to the point of exhaustion. Your muscles, taking that same Atlantic Ocean analogy, would eventually give out. Your body temperature is not used to being in that particular atmosphere. The way that that water is chilling up, or if it rain, or if it's a strong wind, the number one indicator that you're also not supposed to be in the water is that there are other things in the water that could contaminate your particular setup, your skin. You may get bit by something. You may have a, you may come up with some type of infection, whatever it is. If you don't go ahead and admit this is not a long-term placement for me, your body will give you hints. Go ahead and mess around and get hypothermia. Like there will be, indicators that your body is like I am trying to communicate to you (laughs) just because you're a great swimmer I don't care how much Michaela Phelps you think you are there is a end point to this maybe you love the job coming out first you were like man you were excited and you were this that and the third and then for some reason that momentum changed maybe it was you know the onset of a new supervisor the onset of new upper management the onset of you know what i just don't want to do this drive anymore it it was cool at first when i was into my music and had things to occupy me but i really don't want to take that much time to leave my house in the morning to get no like whatever the reason maybe your body is starting to give you calculations that's not equating to this is a completed area for us maybe it just is are you listening to yourself but better question do you know yourself do you know yourself yeah fish can go out of water for a little bit but not long term you know, you don't want to go ahead and do that. And you see that I've seen videos on Instagram where people are like, you know, um, they'll pick up the fish and give the fish a little kiss and, you know, do all the different things. So, yeah, for a little bit, it'll come up for some air for a little bit, but it doesn't belong there. And especially not long term. How many job opportunities would you really have to save yourself the unnecessary, not only just headache, but just the inconvenience of applying somewhere, then actually working somewhere, and then you're like, this is not it. 
I want you, and I'm clapping my hands because this is when you know it's real, to get to a point that you know if a job is a good fit, A, by the job description, B, by the insights of other people, or C, definitely by the interview. And if for whatever the reason, if those particular safeguards don't really do it for you, you should know within the first three to six months. Do not, I repeat, do not have it where you waste an entire year just coping through something and your body is giving you signals of, I don't know how much more I can do this. Let me explain something to you. And I don't want to give nobody's uh, business out and talk bad about nobody's grandbaby business, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. I had the bright idea to go ahead into the insurance business, and I may or may not tell you. Nope, I won't tell you the name because I don't want to be disrespectful. I would just tell you that it's car insurance. Hmm. Maybe he has a little bit of a green, you know. Okay, I think you got it. Leave it there. So, went ahead and did that. The amount of work that was required for the unit that I was in was unrealistic, darn near illegal, and just outright, it had to be abusive. And so I knew offhand, like, man, this is a lot. But I kept going. Saw some other tasks they were putting on us and all these different trainings. I'm like, ooh. And they expect you to do this in how many hours? Oh, regular eight, 7.75. Oh, okay. Wow. And then you still got to take a lunch? Oh, okay. So, yeah, lunch. can you eat at your desk? Oh, okay, because that looks like it's going to take away if you clear your head for five seconds cool I kept pushing and pushing and so then I was like well maybe I need to start eliminating some things so at that time I was going to taking a few classes online I was like maybe I need to go ahead and put a pause on that so I went ahead and did that but the load didn't feel lighter so I'm like, okay, mm, that's not it. Uh, let me go ahead. And, and I kept trying to remove stuff and remove stuff. And I didn't get the indication of, ma'am, the job is not equipped for you. And here's what I believe wholeheartedly in my being. God will show you a preview of two things all around you if you pay attention to it. One, he shows you where you used to be. And two, he shows you where you could be. So while I'm doing my training and my this, that, and the third and what have you, I had people that were coming in training classes after and they were like, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous about the licensure test that we have to take on Friday. And I was like, don't even worry about it. I was worried too, but here's what you need to remember. To be cool, calm, and collective. Make sure that you're not letting them trick you up with the words. Make sure you're not paying attention to blah, blah, blah. And I went ahead and I gave them, without breaching integrity, I gave them the tools that worked for me. And I felt good because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go back and help the people. Harriet Tubman flow, you feel me, okay? Then, fast forward, if you look, God will show you a preview of what you will look like eventually if you don't put the right safeguards up in your life. So I looked at a girl in my team, and I was like, why is she never here? And when I had a talk with her, she was just saying that the longer she stayed with the company, she's been there five years, that her anxiety level has just tripled especially once getting to the position that I that we were currently in so I'm not gullible so I'm like okay well 
that's one person's experience. You know, if you look at anything customer reviews, that's why they have one through five because people have different ways of viewing stuff and experiencing stuff. Okay, cool. But when I took a little measurement and had conversations with people on the side and not seen that that was the bulk of what people felt, they were overwhelmed, you know, you it's okay. They had this saying of it, it was almost like drinking from a water hose and that if you feel like you're drowning, just keep drinking. And I was like, so this is the company morale? Like you're supposed to just be okay with being overwhelmed? And I'm looking at how old people are, you know, like how old are you? Oh, and then after a while, what do people start to look like when they don't feel like going to work? Like a bum, right? And it's like, oh, you, to the point that someone pulled me aside and was like, you dress so nice. It's almost like you planned your outfits. And so I looked at her and said, is there any other way to do that? And she was like, I'm just at a point that I'm just pulling from whatever pile of clothes that I can pull from because I just I don't have the time to cook. I don't have the time to this. I, because the job was almost created for it to take over your life. Now, some jobs you can look at and you're like, that would be best suited for someone who's single because it's not family-oriented. Other jobs you like, single or not, that is not the impression that you want to put on people. You don't want people to feel like this is my job and my job pretty much bleeds through all areas of my life. The only time that it should do that for a short period of time is when you are starting a business. Because you need to be all things until you can go ahead and delegate those particular tasks to people who can be trustworthy. And you need to be praying about who you put in those particular positions because everybody's not going to take care of your baby the way that you take care of your baby. But I digress. And so some people like to call it like, oh, you know, it's a midlife crisis and you're going through too much. And you ever heard an old person say, I don't bite my tongue no more. I say what I feel and I this, that, and the third. I don't think that it comes with age. I don't think that it's a midlife crisis. I think that people just take a long time to come into themselves. So it took you midlife to see, I don't want to live like this no more. For this many years, I've been going to work because I have to. I don't want to do that. I want to go to work because I like going to work. For this many years, I've been traveling up and down the road and tearing up my car. It was wear and tear with the miles and everything else that's needed to maintain this vehicle to get to a job that does this to me. No. And then something starts to click, and you're like, wait a minute. Now, when I was younger, I was impressionable, and I was scared to lose a job. And, you know, I don't want to take a day off because... You know, what if they, and, and, and I don't, I don't want to let the team down, or I don't want to, you know, what if my supervisor doesn't let my day go? Let me explain something to you. When you live in that state of perpetual fear or some type of concern, that is a concern for me. I had a woman, when I interviewed, I told her, I said, hey, because uh, I said it on the automated thing that they had me do. They had me do this little voiceover thing just to make sure I wasn't like, hey, shout it what do, because they didn't want to you know, go ahead and let that into business. And I understand that. But I said, when they gave me the opportunity of, hey, anything else you want to let the employer know before we go to the next levels? I said, yes, I have two vacations in June. Cool. That was either y'all going to accept it or you not. Okay, great. So I got a follow up of, oh, okay, great. Come on. We're going to go ahead and interview. And so we move forward in the interview process. 
I then get to the interview, blew the interview out the water illegally, hands up, guilty, you feel me? And we got to the end where they were like, hey, you have any questions for me? So I did what I'm telling you to do, which it took me a long time to get to, because you feel like, you know, if, if, if I did well in the interview, I don't want to say nothing else to mess it up. I want to leave them on that high, just like, mm, have me rotating in your mind real quick. But no, I, I'm not here for an interview. I am here to see if this atmosphere best suits the person that I am. And so I asked the questions of, you know, how when when are the schedules put in place? Okay, great. Uh, and so all the different things that meant something to me. And then we went ahead and I said, okay, and also I don't know if the information uh, transferred over, but I have two vacations coming up in June. And so I was getting ready to tell her the dates, and she was like, oh, hold on. Um, I don't want to go ahead and let you think that you can get those days now because we have all these different things and you know, that particular worker, she's pregnant, so she'll be out. And then we have a system of how we do PTO, personal time off. Uh, and, you know, so I want to be fair. And, you know, there are other per workers. And she's tried to give me whatever her explanation is, but I don't think you heard me, ma'am. I didn't ask you. <laughs> I didn't ask you, hey, can I take a vacation? I'm telling you that I'm going on vacation. Uh, so when she gave me that information, dust my hands, dust my feet, I'm done. Because I am clear that if I'm giving you several months in advance, prior to even being selected and prior to getting this interview, I let you guys know, how is it that you still made it a, mm, I don't know. So I knew off back that particular employment is not going to work for me. And I'm going to expand on that with work-life balance because we're going to have another conversation about that in just a bit. I pinky promise you on that one. And relationships. Know yourself enough to know what relationships work best for you. Like I told you, my husband stuck out like a sore thumb because this day and age, what I was looking for, it could be qualified as an old school, and I'm doing the bunny ears in the air, old school trait, but I believe that a man is not a man if he can't keep his word. The dudes that I was friends with, my friends that are who I deem my friends, the people that I surround myself by, the one thing that is a guarantee is that I can depend on what you say, what you say you're going to do, what you say you're not going to do, and or you update me in a timely fashion if something changes. So I knew that in my personal relation, I'm not dealing with nobody who does not know the art of remain consistent or communicate the change it's just it should be common sense but i don't know if you know sense ain't common no more nope there's quarters nickels done but it ain't no common in them sense no more i don't know what's going on everybody walking around with the dum 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 like that's what i feel like the dating run was it's like you guys are not worth it. I'm I just I can't do it. And so I wanted to have this conversation because I want to save you time. I don't want you making decisions in the two greatest areas of your life. Your job stands for 
it should reflect excellence in your work ethic and your time management not perfection but excellence in how you do a thing if you feel the need to cut a corner and I don't really care and I don't really do any work today and you are wasting everybody's time your time because you got up out of your bed and went ahead and commuted and went to this job and knew I'm not going to give this job my best And don't you dare tell me that, oh, I'm going to a job because I have to. No, what that means is you created an environment that requires for you to work at this particular job. Maybe if you created another environment that allowed you to work somewhere else, you wouldn't have that stress. And it may look something like go ahead and downsize where you're at. You have a two-bedroom, maybe you need a studio. Okay, you got that particular square footage of a house, maybe you need a smaller house. Oh, okay, well, you got payments on your car, go ahead and trade that sucker in I don't care if it's upside down and get you a hoopty don't you dare tell me I have to go ahead and go in these life-killing environments because of what I created then you didn't read Genesis 1 you didn't read that God created atmosphere because he knew what he was going to fill with it and even if you're doing it the opposite way where you're filling yourself with the particular atmosphere that doesn't give you an out that doesn't give you the opportunity to waste your time It's not like you go ahead and get the eight hours and then you get the check and then you feel better and then you do it again. No, if you're just doing this, I got to provide for my fill in the blank family. I got to pay this off. I have to whatever. I'm cool with you working something unpleasant for a short period of time. Nothing over a year unless you are in a tremendous amount of debt. And then you need to go ahead and change your lifestyle completely and let this be a lesson learned. Once I go ahead and do these five years, once I go ahead and do whatever this financial stint is, because it's almost like a jail sentence, once I go ahead and do this, I'm going to exercise my freedom like nobody's business. What makes you any different than a cellmate right now? They get up. They go ahead and get showered and get on their clothes and go to a job that they have to work. And that's what they're doing in prison. What makes you any different from that? And you're free. Come on, Holy Spirit, because I ain't even, that's not even something I wanted to say. But do you understand that illustration? That should hit you like a Mike Tyson uppercut. Ah, you kick. You understand Mortal Kombat? A Joe. Somebody who is in jail, a cellmate, a prisoner has to go to a job and do something they don't like to do. They're either in the kitchen, they got to do laundry, they have, they in the yard, they're doing something because how they have been in jail is you're going to do something with your time. We're going to go ahead and get this labor from you. And whether it's, you know, they take that job because it takes them out the cell for a couple of hours, it clears their mind, they actually like folding clothes, whatever it is, it's never going to amount to you did that because that's something that you like to do or that you love to do or that's worth your time. That's free labor. A couple of pennies, that's free labor. How dare you? Have the freedom to choose and create just like your creator. And you create an atmosphere that doesn't thrive for you. You make decisions that add to death inside of you. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But if you are not thriving, then what's the opposite of that? 
And I get passionate when it comes to people living their purpose. I get passionate about people waking up and not doing what they were called to do because I know for a fact that every day there's at least one person who didn't wake up. I've seen people and heard of people dying prematurely. You have too. Even if it wasn't a personal loss, you've seen the rappers and the what have you. You can Google in. Go ahead on Google and, and put up the people who died under 25 years old. And here you are, midlife crisis age, again, doing air quotes, not living your best life. A song shouldn't have come out for you to want to go ahead and put that on a T-shirt. Shouts out to the, to the deacon, Little Duvall. He ain't going back and forth with y'all, but he living his best life. That's the notion that we should all have. And you know when he made that song? At 40 years old. 40 years old. That means enough people bought into that particular mantra and mission statement that he was, he made a platinum, I think whatever, it probably was gold, but he made a seller, a banger, if you will, at 40 years old. Because everyone wants to live their best life, but are you choosing your best life? What are your decisions choosing? What are they reflecting? You got to get, I can't be passionate for you. All I can do is through the Holy Spirit, light a flame to your hiney. You better not wake up not one more day without an exit plan. If you are currently in a place that you're like, this is not it. You ever met a person who makes way less than you and they, they look like they're okay? Yeah, you ever, because I have. Google the happiest people on earth. It's never materialized. It's never materialized. So then what is it? It's waking up on purpose for a purpose and walking out your purpose. You were given the gift to create just like your creator. Do the spiritual matching game of my characteristics and my continual growth with said environment and said relationship. Don't you dare live this entire life on a I have to. You got shackles around your arms. You got bars where you sleep. You got guards telling you when to get up. You might as well. You might as well. So I feel like you got what you needed, and I feel like I need to go ahead and run this off because I am amped. It better not be not a near another, and that's good English, near another time that you clock into anything, that you drive to anything that doesn't just do this thing in you where it fans up your excitement. And I'm not talking, woohoo, yay. I'm just talking about you know that you're going to something that you love, that you do a good job while you're there, and that you benefit from the environment so the environment is benefiting off of you. The front desk of any agency that's usually state-ran has a person with an attitude. Ma'am, we're not thriving because of you, and you're not thriving in this environment either. So it's a mutual fatality. You see how I'm staring at you? No, that's, that is calculated silence. Because I'm literally waiting for that Selah moment where it stops and you just, mm. Yeah, you digest that. All food is not meant to eat and fast. 
This ain't fast food. This is Thanksgiving. I need you to sit down and need you just to go ahead and digest. Unbuckle your belt if you have to. But I can go on and on in this. I'm going to hold a little bit of this because I really want to talk to you about work-life balance because that's a problem for me. So you know what these conversations are. Because I'm trying to stop myself like, listen, you're going to have her. You're going to have them on the phone for like how long? Like seriously. You don't, you don't add nothing to their mobile plan, so you need to be right. Okay, so you, you need to go ahead and just make sure that you're being considerate. These are life-provoking conversations, conversations that someone is not going to tell you just off the whim, but I care deeply about growth, development, and purpose. And so I'm going to tell you clear-cut the way I can only do it, which is from the heart. And if it's gutter, then I apologize. But if you hear nothing, I want you to hear passion. And if you hear passion, then you are able to hear God. Life-provoking conversations. Don't you dare hang up this phone and just go on with business as usual. What's your strategy? And do you know yourself enough to do something with the strategy? So my challenge to you, if you have not already picked it up, is how are you matching what you created with your characteristics? Are you placing yourself in environments that have a mutual thrive? Or are you placing yourself in environments where there's a mutual fatality? What's your plan to get to the first so that first option so that you can stop living the latter? I feel like you got what you needed. I'm not going to hold you not another millisecond later because I feel like you got what you needed. But as my good, good nanny says, oh. I ain't going to hold you. Don't you let me call you back and you don't have no plan. You Listen, I'm not wasting all this deodorant for no reason. You know what needs to be done. Go do it. Okay? All right. Mm-hmm. Later. <laughs>